We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Let's turn to the book of Mark, chapter 6, verse 32, a very familiar passage of scripture or story that we all know. Just in case you're wondering, um, I'll take Apple gift cards for Christmas. You can't go wrong with an Apple gift card. Mark chapter 6, verse 32, the NIV version. Mark chapter 6, verse 32, it says this. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. I thought that was so dope. That they knew where Jesus was headed and they ran to the place where he was going to (laughs) be. Have you ever ran to the place where he is supposed to be? They got there ahead of them. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But he answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than a half year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? Verse 38. How many loaves do you have? He asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass so that they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks. Everybody shout, gave thanks. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces of bread and fish. Can I tell you something? And it doesn't always feel like this, and I promise you I'm I'm, I'm a push. But whenever whenever you honor God and whenever you're obedient to God and you walk this thing out, it will feel as if you're giving yourself to it all. I mean, I'm giving everything that I have just to walk this thing out. I'm giving everything I got just to be obedient. But if you walk it out and you're grateful to God, he will make sure that you have something left. He'll make sure that you've, after you felt like you've expended yourself and you've given everything that you have, he will make sure that you have something left. And oftentimes we'll quit in the middle of walking out the, uh, the word of God and, and being obedient to God because we feel like it's just a bit too much. But look at the text. They said they had 12 baskets full left over after they were obedient to God. They all ate and were satisfied. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces, bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Scripture doesn't take into account the women and the children that were there. And if you add that number, it was closer to 15,000 people who would have been fed. Our topic for discussion today is going to come from verse 38. Where Jesus says, how many loaves do you have, he asked. He says, go and see. And when they found out, they said, five 
and two fish. Our topic for discussion today is, it was there all the time. Gratitude can be found. It was there all the time. Gratitude can be found. Say that with me. It was there all the time. Gratitude can be found. Um, any Apple TV users here today? Raise your hand. I'd be proud of that, Apple TV user. Um, I don't know about your house, but in my house, the remote for our Apple TV, for some reason, always comes up missing. No joke. I mean, it's, it's, it's not like it's missing for a day or two. It will go missing for months. Like, we can't find it. No one in the house can find it. Um, and it, it's easy for it to, to come up missing because, one, it's small, but then, two, once it's lost... Um, you don't really go look for it because Apple is so special. I don't know about you Android folks, but Apple is so special where I can control my TV from my phone. So if, the, if it gets lost, I just leave it lost. It's not that big of a deal. It's just lost. And, uh, and I'll just pick up my phone and I'll just use it that way. And, you know, even though it came with a remote and it'll work better with the remote, I'll just use my phone because it's just so easy. And I'll leave the remote missing, the remote that I paid for. I will leave it missing for months. Now, here's the thing. I will just be honest with you. It is not me who loses the remote. Two of these folks are sitting on the front row today. <laughs> Lose the remote all of the time. And here's the thing. Until someone becomes intentional about finding the remote, it never gets found. Now, here's what we do. Hey, has anybody seen a remote? I haven't seen it, and somebody will pick up a cushion, and they'll look behind the pillow. Nope, I can't find it. But until somebody becomes intentional about looking for the remote, it never gets found. It's, all, it's, it's there. We know it's there because it didn't grow legs and leave. It's there. No one's been intentional about finding it. I think in the same fashion, hear me out on this. I think in the same fashion, the gratitude that we are supposed to have for the people that God has placed in our life somehow just comes up missing. It gets misplaced oftentimes, and we don't necessarily feel it nor express it because I know that I should say something, but I don't have to because you're here, right? You know, like I, I see you, I experience you, and you should know how I feel about you. You should know that I'm grateful for you. You should know all that you've done for me. You should know that I see it all. But oftentimes, we don't even mess with it because we know it's in the house somewhere. We know it's a thing between us, but we never express it. Well, now, 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 whether it be because um, <laughs> I don't express the gratitude to people that God has placed in my life because I feel like you should be there anyway. Like, you know, like, well, well, you were supposed to be a good mom. I'm not giving you any credit for that. You were supposed to be a good dad. You're not getting any credit for that. You're supposed to be a good wife. You're supposed to be a good husband. You're supposed to be a good child. I don't have to show gratitude and express myself because of what you're doing because you owe this to me because I birthed you. You owe me being a good kid because I birthed you. You owe me being a good husband because I gave you my hand in marriage. You owe me this. And oftentimes our gratitude gets misplaced because of who we feel we are. I think oftentimes we, 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 we miss it. It gets misplaced and it, it gets mishandled because of who we are. Because of what I've done. 
I don't have to be thankful for this job. Why would I be thankful for a job? I'm here doing my work. You owe me a paycheck. Just make sure it hits my, I say this, just make sure it hits my bank on Friday and everything is good. I don't have to express, and I think this is a problem that many of us have because I feel that it is owed to me, I don't have to be thankful for it. I feel like you should be doing this anyway, so why should I be thankful for it? I feel that you should be serving me. You should be a good barista at Starbucks no matter what you do because I'm paying you for this service. I don't have to tip you 15%. That's your job. Doesn't the government give you something for what you do? Why do I get to give you any more? Why do I have to be thankful for anything that is given to me that I feel is owed to me? I don't have to do it. God has strategically placed all of these people in our life, and this is the direction I'm headed. God has strategically placed all of these people in our life that has helped invest in the person that you are today. And for some strange reason, we don't feel that I've got to express gratitude. I don't have to say thank you for being a good mom. You're my kid and you're supposed to obey me. I don't have to say thank you for being a good kid. I appreciate you, you know, doing what you're supposed to do. I don't feel that I have to say those things because it is owed to me. If you're in my house, you do what I tell you to do. Don't you feel that? Here's what I know, and I'm probably going to say this a little later. Go ask the person who has a dysfunctional family. (laughs) Go ask the person who has prayed every night that their kid would just come back into the house. That they would come back into their house. They would just come back up under our roof. That, that, that this marriage would just fix it. That he would be the husband that I thought he was going to be. And she would just be the, 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 the wife that I thought she would. Go ask that person who is in this dysfunction every single day. And ask them, do they believe that they have to? Ask them. We can get so far beyond ourselves because we feel. This is old to me. You said you was going to take care of me, so this is what you're supposed to do. It's old to me. Here's what I want to show you. When you take a good look (laughs) at your life, and you take a moment in in your head and in your mind, and you go back, you go back and look, quite like the disciples. They initially come to Jesus. Like, I gave you the whole story. They initially come to Jesus. Jesus, we don't have any food to give these people. There's nothing to eat. It would take us a year to feed all of these people. Jesus, we don't have enough money. What are, you, what are we going to do? Jesus says, well, go back and look. And then they come back, and once they find out, they say, Jesus, we got five, and we got two. I think just like the disciples, if we go back and look at our life, regardless of how you feel about it, regardless of how you feel about them, you at least will be able to find five and two. It may not be the full portion that you expected. It may not be what you thought you deserved. But you can find five and two. Okay, I don't want to give all my stuff away. I'm excited to be here today. Listen, write this down for me. Expressing gratitude is not a response. It's a posture. 
it is my bias as a believer. I'm going to say it again. Expressing gratitude is not a response. It's a posture. It is my bias as a believer. I'm going to say it again for the slow folks. Expressing gratitude is not a response. It is a posture. It is my bias as a believer. Here's the thing. We think, well, I express gratitude for something that you did well. You did a good job, and I say thank you for that. I verbally say thank you for that. But expressing gratitude is not a response. It is not something you just say. It is not something that you just do. It is a position that you carry in your heart. They often say, uh, have an attitude of what? It is a position, it is a mindset, it is a heart that I just carry every single day. Listen to this. Because I'm a Christian, I am bent towards gratitude. I'm bent towards being thankful. I am bent towards being grateful. Why? Because of the God that I serve and the, listen, the model that Jesus has set for me. So here's the hard part. This is the part that I struggle with. And I'm gonna just, I like being honest with y'all because I feel like we're in this thing together. Y'all in this with me. I haven't always been a Christian. So if it is characteristic for a Christian to just be bent towards being grateful, then that would mean once I become a Christian, I now have to go back and evaluate things that I felt ingratitude towards. I just messed some of y'all up, man. Y'all don't even know it. Oh, there's a scripture that says, um, see those things that are not as what though they were. We like to say that when we go name it and claim it. Listen to me. He, he, listen to me what Jesus does to us. Because he is our model and because he is our Lord and Savior, we now have to be bent towards gratitude the way that he was being bent toward thankfulness the way that he was. So now, since I come into realization of this, I have to go back in my mind and my heart and say, you know what? I didn't appreciate that then. I had no, I had, to me, to me, I'm just being honest, to me, I had no reason to say thank you to her. But now as a believer, I am called to go back and look just like the disciples, I've got to go back now and look to see if I can find the five and the two. Oh, gosh, I wish y'all were t- I got to, listen, I have to now go back to see if I can find the five and the two. Listen to me. I know that she wasn't enough. I know that he wasn't enough, but I know, I know, I know, just like the disciples. And do you understand how big this thing was? They had to feed 15,000 people. And they came back to Jesus. Jesus, we found five and two. Listen, that shouldn't even be in the honorable mention. That shouldn't even made the headline. Why would you come back and tell me about five and two? Because Jesus was teaching us a lesson. There is something, regardless of how you feel about your life, there is something. Listen to me. That the people that God strategically placed in your life, because you didn't have a choice for two of them, I know that for sure. The the, the people that he strategically placed in your life, regardless of how you feel about your mom, your dad, your grandma, whoever that person may be, regardless of how you feel about them, you can at least go back now and find, oh gosh, I wish I was better. Y'all can go back and find. So real quick today, 
I want to give you three reasons. Or three ways that you can go back and find five and two. Let's read verse 39. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. The first reason that you can go back and be thankful or grateful is because of the facilitation. Everybody shout facilitation. When you look at the text, um, you find that Jesus was in a bit of a pickle. Wouldn't you say that he had like a little bit of a problem on his hand? Um, Jesus now has to feed 5,000 plus upwards to 15,000 people in this remote place. Um, They have been there listening to Jesus preach. And now that Jesus is done preaching, these people are hungry. And now Jesus has to perform a miracle. On this grand stage, probably the biggest stage, not probably the biggest stage that he had thus far in his ministry, he's got 15,000 people there, and he has to perform this miracle. I believe that Jesus was very intentional listen to me now, very intentional about having this dialogue between him and his father. Because, listen to me now, everybody there knew that this guy, or they felt that this guy has got something special. He's supposed to be the Messiah, he's supposed to be the Savior, and they were running all over the place finding him, and they were there because of him, and they had listened to him preach, and they had all these wonderful feelings about Jesus. But Jesus, in the moment of truth is what I would call it, on this grand stage, this big display of himself, he takes time out to say, Father, I thank you for what you've just given me. These people have put a demand on me, but I have to make sure that I thank you for facilitating this opportunity in my life. Jesus says, and this is what he says, he says, There is somebody somewhere who deserves a thank you for facilitating who I am to you. There is somebody, listen to this now, there is somebody somewhere that has helped me be who I am to you in this moment. Shout facilitation. I believe that all of us, regardless of who you are, There is somebody in your life somewhere that helped facilitate the person that you are today. With all of the the demand on you, with all of the things that are expected of you, there is somebody somewhere that invested something at some time for you to be the person that you are today. Now, I don't know for you, it might be an uncle, it might be your mother, your father, it might be your sister, it might be a a, a football coach. I don't know who it could be, but there is somebody someplace that deserves a thank you for helping to facilitate the abilities that you now display as nothing. Because here's the thing. Jesus didn't have to to, to go through that dialogue with, with God. He didn't have to. 
There were previous miracles where Jesus said nothing. He just performed a miracle. But since I have a stage with these people and I've got influence with these people, I've got to teach them that there are people that they have to be thankful to. That God is not for God, for Jesus, it was his father. For who, for you, who was that person? For you, who was that person? There is somebody somewhere that deserves gratitude for helping you become the person that you are today. Here's the problem is that oftentimes I can, I can just, I'm, I'm just being me. I'm just doing my thing. I'm just being the dad that I am. I'm being the husband that I am. I'm being the pastor that I am. But there are strategic people that God has placed in my life that help influence me to be the person that I am to you. <laughs> the husband that I am to you, there is somebody who influenced that. I need to go back and say thank you. Before they think it's all me, that's the key. Before they think it's all me, I've got to make sure that I say thank you to these people that have invested me, invested in me, being the person that I am today. I've got men all over the place. I say all over the place. There's not a whole bunch of them, but it's men all over. I got some in Florida. I got some in a grave. I got some in jail. I've got some in Syracuse. I've got some all over the place that invested in the man that I am today. At some space in my life, I need to be grateful for the people who invested in me being the person that I am today. You may have not been able to get it from the person that you thought you would. But there was somebody that gave you something that helped to facilitate the person that you are today. Shout facilitation. Let's go to verse 39. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups and on green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. He gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided two fish among them all. Verse 42. They all ate and were what? Satisfied. Um, Point number two is sufficient. Say sufficient. Jesus tells the disciples that we need to feed these 5,000 plus people. I like to say 5,000 because I don't like the limit what he did there. 5,000 plus. Disciples come back, say, Jesus, um, Four Rivers and Chick-fil-A is closed on today. What do you suppose we do? Isn't that a hurting feeling? (laughs) Jesus says, listen. Go see what you can find. He says the words, go see. Go see what you can find. And they bring back five and what? Which was not enough to meet the need. Jesus takes what was um, less than and what was not enough, and he takes it and he says, I'm thankful for this. And then he begins to break it, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, by the end of the story, it says that it was now sufficient. Everyone was satisfied. Here's what I want you to understand, is that we oftentimes look back at what we experienced in life, and we will find insufficiency in the people who were supposed to be um, the leaders of our life and to be the influence of our life, and, and, and they weren't there, and they didn't do what they were supposed to do. 
And what I want you to do today in this moment is to be able to go back and look at that situation and find at least a five and a two. Because if you can be thankful for what you got, God will make sure what you got will work for where you are. Because here's the thing, and I want you to hear this. I know the situation wasn't ideal. I know that you feel a little bit slighted by the whole thing. But if you can say, God, I can find five and two in that situation, God says, if you bring it to me, I'll make you able and, and give you the ability to perform the task that sit before you right now today. The disciples run back to the people, and they're looking, and they're trying to find They find this little boy, and they take his lunch. Does anybody ever have any concern about that? What does a little boy say about his lunch? Like, yo, y'all don't take my lunch. Like, they had to have, you don't take a little boy's lunch, but they do it anyway. It was a blessing. They bring back something that does not meet the need. In no way, shape, form, or fashion can it meet the need. But Jesus takes something that was not enough, and he makes it sufficient. Here's what I'm trying to get you to do. I need for us to go back, go back in our hearts and our minds and grab what we can find and not bring it into your heart, but bring it to the feet of Jesus. Bring it to God. And he says that because of what you experience and because you're being obedient to me and because you're honoring me and because you're grateful for what you did get, I'll make it sufficient in this moment. You see, Oh, gosh, I've been having these conversations, and I promise you it's going to turn into a series or, or, or a sermon or something. And I'm going to say it like this. This is no disrespect to any man in here. But many of us have daddy issues. Many of us have daddy issues. Whether your father was in the house or not, whether he left you a long time ago, you never knew the guy, I don't know. But many of us have daddy issues, and we feel something about that. He was never there. He never gave me anything, so I don't care about the do. But there, here's the thing. If, if you take time and go back and reach for the five and the two, you can find a benefit or sufficiency of him not being there. Because if he was there, then you would have never met that guy. If he was there, you, your mama would have never brought you to church because he wasn't a church guy. And you would have never met Jesus. There is always a five and a two that you can go back and find if you're willing to bring it to Jesus. What I'm trying to get us to do in this moment is to be thankful for everything that God has allowed us to experience. There is at least a five and a two. I'm hurt because they didn't take care of me the way that I thought they should. I'm, I'm disappointed because they walked out on me. I'm, 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 I'm hurt because they fought all the time and I, I had to experience that. I'm hurt because they left me so early. Whatever the disappointment is, whatever the frustration is, I'm telling you this. If you can go back in your heart and your mind and, 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 and find something to be grateful for and bring it to God, he's going to say, that's more than enough. That's more than enough. I think we struggle so often to be, be grateful for, for our experiences in life because of what we thought they should have been. 
Some of us can't appreciate a spouse because of what we thought marriage was going to be. <laughs> because I'm comparing them against, you know, you know, the, the, the guy on TV. And, you know, you know, he acts on TV in the movie. You know, he was supposed to do this when I did that. But then he said this and I said that and then it turned into this whole other thing. We oftentimes miss it because of what we thought it was going to be and what they should have done and where they should have been and how we, we, we felt they, they should have, how they should have treated our mom or how they should have treated our dad. Whatever the thought is, we in this time and in, in this space in our life can't get over the fact that we didn't experience the way that we thought that we would. So here's the thing. We, we hold on to this unforgiveness and we hold on to this bitterness towards the office of parenthood. So because we hold this, 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 this unforgiveness and bitterness, we oftentimes judge ourselves by the same thing that we carry. So here's the thing. Okay, well, Wanzo, I don't do that, but you do it in spite of. <laughs> Not because of. I'm going to do it because my father wasn't there. This is what I'm going to do. But here's the thing. If you're just doing something and you don't have a model for it, if you haven't brought it to Jesus, then you don't know what to do. You're just doing something. I'm being too deep this morning. Okay. Here's what I want you to know. Is that if you can go back in your mind and your heart and find at least the five and the two, whoever that person was, find the five and the two and bring that to Jesus, he will make sure that it satisfies the need. Can I say something, y'all? I, I, I say this a lot, but I, I, I didn't know how to be a dad. I didn't know how to be a dad. I knew, I, I knew what I saw. I didn't know how to be a husband. I, I, I know what I saw. But for me, it was an in spite of. So I'm not going to do that to my wife because I saw it done to my mom. But then all of a sudden... I met this, this guy. He happened to turn out to be my father-in-law. He says, well, Wontel, one day, one day you need to go back and have a conversation with your father because you don't understand everything. And when you become a certain age, you'll understand some more stuff. And I said, come on, man. I think I was like 18 at the time. Come on, man. Whatever, dude. This guy like talking. You know, you know how, you know how like my father-in-law likes to talk. But what happened was, at the age of 30, just like he said it did, I had a conversation with my father, and I learned some stuff. And in me learning some stuff, I was able to forgive him for the stuff that he had done. And once I forgave him, then I could come to Jesus whole. And all the things that I did not know, he just gave those things to me. And I like to say this a lot. I get brownie points for being this great guy. I don't know what I'm doing. Listen, it is his spirit that lives down inside of me that leads me and guides me and tells me how to love this woman and how to love these children and what to say to them and what not to say to them. He says, listen, I'll satisfy it in this moment if you bring to me that five and that two. If you bring the five and two and let me know that this is all you got, I'll make up the difference. I'm going to shout five and two. Mama taught me never to depend on a man. And I know that wasn't right. 
but I don't know what else to do. <laughs> Listen to me. I want you to go back. Mama was trying as best she could because that's all she knew. That's the five and the two. Come on, y'all. That's the five and the two. So now I bring this five and two to Jesus, and Jesus multiplies it. It wasn't enough, but it is now going to meet the need in this moment. So I get to walk around my house with my chest poked out because all of a sudden I have become a man and I can lead my family. I can re- I'm the head of house, all this different stuff. I ain't qualified for all that. All I had was my five and my two. <laughs> I brought him my five and my two, my broken heart, my misunderstanding, all of those things that took place when I was a kid. I brought all that stuff to him. He says, listen, I'll take it. I'll multiply it and I'm going to satisfy the need. Listen to me. There are too many people pulling on you, needing stuff from you, for you not to make sure that you bring God everything from your past. Because without him, you can't satisfy the need. Let's think about that. Let's just, let, let, let's, let's, let's just say that Jesus wasn't in this setting. Jesus was not there, and they were hungry. What would they have eaten? Nothing. Because Chick-fil-A and Four Rivers was closed. Listen to me now. If you're not bringing what you have to Jesus, then what are you doing? If I don't bring him my five and my two, then what can he multiply? That is the problem. I don't see it as worthy. I, I thought they should have done it a different way. They should have been more. They could have done more. They should have never said that. They should have never treated me that way. They should have never touched me like that. Whatever the case may be, you have not brought anything to Jesus so that he can multiply it. Shout, there's a five and a two. Let's get this last one. Y'all getting anything? Let's go to verse 39. I think we read verse 39 50 times today. Yeah, 39. That's good. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Verse 41, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them. Our third point, final point for today is allowance. Everybody shout allowance. I think I said this before, but... um, I think Jesus was being very, very, very intentional um, about this display that he had before these people. As a matter of fact, I know that Jesus was being um, intentional about what he was saying and saying thank you to God. Um, Because there was another time where Jesus was very intentional about saying thank you. Um, He rolls up to to Lazarus' house, uh, and and Lazarus is dead, and they roll away the stone, and and, and the stench of Lazarus' death is coming out of of the tomb, and Jesus stands there and says, thank you, Father, for for I know that you always hear my prayers. And I only said this because I'm in in the eye of these people. Jesus was very intentional about it. So I got to thinking about this, this miracle, And why Jesus would say thank you. But then I started to think about what actually took place. Jesus multiplied bread. He had had, had two fish and five loaves of of bread. And he multiplied bread. And that was a big time miracle that had never been done before. But then I started thinking to myself, well, 
I know the relationship, you know, you know the Trinity, and I know who Jesus is. But did, did, but did God really have to use Jesus for this miracle? When you really think about it, did he have to use Jesus to multiply bread? Now, if you are a bit of a Bible scholar, if you go back to the book of Exodus chapter 16, when God had delivered his people out of Egypt, they were getting ready to go to the promised land, and they started moaning and groaning to, to Moses and say, listen, we need to eat, we need to eat, we need to eat. We want some meat, and we want some bread. We want some meat and bread, so, so God has quail come into the camp. And then, and then all of a sudden, he says, well, have them chill out. Tell them in the morning, bread will be there. And, and out, of, out, of, out of heaven, <laughs> manna pours down. And the people say, what is this? That's what manna means. What is this? And people had, they had no idea that God could just, he just could bake bread in heaven and pour it out in the sky. So when I went back to that event and I compared it against this event, I said to myself, well, God was being intentional with Jesus to allow him to be the hand to pass out the miracle. He was, listen to this, and this is so powerful. God was allowing Jesus to fill the capacity that he had to fill in the lives of these people. He was allowing Jesus to be the Messiah. He was allowing Jesus to be the miracle maker that they said he was. He allowed him to have this miracle flow through him so that he could be seen in the eyes of the people as the Messiah. So I started to think about my life. And I started to think about the people who allow me the space to be the person that I am. For Jesus, it was his father who allowed him to walk into the capacity of, a, of, of the Messiah. But for you, who allows you? Who's giving you allowances in your life to fill the roles that you have to fill? Let's think about it for it. Who, who do you owe gratitude towards? Who do you need to say thank you to? Because they allow you to be the person that you are today. You see, I think we take for granted that our spouse has to allow us to be the man of the house. Can I teach today on a little bit of marriage? They allow you. You may not like it. You may not want to hear it, but they allow you to be the man. Listen to me. God could have performed this miracle apart from Jesus. Can I, can I say something? She's gonna, she could be a woman apart from you. She could raise this household apart from you. But she allows you the space to be the man of the house. Oh, gosh. So then I started to think about my children. Do they have to listen to me? They don't have to. But they allow me to be dad. I said it before, go talk to some of them parents who got those children bouncing off the walls and they would wish that they would stop and I wish they would listen to me. Your children allow you to be mom and dad. You have to understand that these are allowances that God just gives you because he knows the roles that he has in store for you and the, and, and the capacities that you have to fit, fulfill. You've got to understand that there are people who have allowed you to be 
who you are today. I've got to be thankful for the boss that gives me the space to be creative in my own work environment. I get to think and I get to flow and I get to make decisions and do all these different things. I could have a micromanager. (laughs) Allowances. Say that with me. Allowances. God has strategically placed people in your life that have allowed you to be the person that you have to be. Jesus is standing on this platform and he is intentional about it. He wants everybody to know that God is allowing me to do this. Because if you read scripture, he could have done it all on his own. He's allowing me to do it. So, Father, I thank you for the allowances that you give me. I thank you for the allowance that you've given me with my wife. I thank you for the allowances that you've given me with my husband. I thank you for the allowances that you've given me on my job and in my church. And wherever I am, I thank you for the allowances that you've given me. Because a grateful heart understands that they don't have to. Now, I'll go ahead and give this disclaimer. If, if my children don't want to, then it won't be good for them. But they don't have to. So we've, we've, we've talked about facilitation. What was the second one we talked about? Sufficient. What was the last one we talked about? So here's, here's my thing, right? I said this was more of one of those messages that you got to go do something with. Um, there are people that have helped facilitate you being the person you are today. <laughs> For me, some of those people are in jail. Some of those people are in a grave. Some of them are sitting in this room. My father-in-law is one of those people. There are, there, there are people that I owe thank you to, that I owe gratitude towards for the investment that you've made. <laughs> there are people who I've deemed insufficient, that God wants me to go back and find sufficiency. And he wants me to bring that sufficiency, whatever I find, the five and the two that I find, he wants me to bring it to him so that he can multiply it so that you can be the person, the full person, working the full capacity of what he's calling you to be in this moment. And then the allowances. I, say, I don't know if I say this enough, but you don't have to come here on Sunday and listen to me preach. There's a few thousand, hundred thousand churches. I don't know the number of churches in the world that you could go to. But you allow me to be the kind of guy that I am. And you allow me to yell and spit sometimes and do all of the different things that I do. Before you allow me this space. There are people in, in, in every area of your life that allow you space to be the person that you're being. It might be a sister. It might be an uncle. It might be an aunt. It might be a cousin. It might be a, a spouse. Whatever it is, there are people that God has placed in your life that allow you. They've given you allowances so that you can be who you want to be. So now, what, like, what's the takeaway, Wanzo? I've already started this process. I want us to find those five, five, at least five of them. Somebody shout five. five. <laughs> well, the five and two came, comes back, right? <laughs> I want you to find five of them. And I want you to write at least two of them a letter. And let them know what they mean to you. Now, here's a look. Check this out. When I say write a letter, I typed a letter. Because if I wrote a letter, it might be disrespectful because my handwriting is that bad. 
I can also, don't you like? <laughs> a text will suffice to at least five people to let them know either they've allowed you, you understand the allowances that they've given you, that they were sufficient, or they help facilitate you being the person that you are. The reason why I'm saying this is because I feel like, this is just me, I feel like I'm honoring God if I do that. Because he's intentional about everybody he brings in and out of your life. He's very intentional about it. And I have failed at times letting the people in my life know that I appreciate who they are to me. And I think in this season, before we step into Christmas, because we've already got the Christmas tree up and the Christmas music is playing, but we just went through a season where we should have been grateful for things and people in our life. And most of us miss it. I want to give us, and here's the thing, I'm not forcing you to do this. I think it's just a good thing that you do it. I've already started the process. I think it's important that we go back to those people, whatever, whatever capacity they held in your life, for you to at least send them a text, a meaningful text, or a meaningful letter expressing to them how much they meant to you. Can I say something? You can write the letter even if they're not here. I mean, on this earth. It is about the, listen to me, it is about your posture. It, 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 is, it is about the, 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 the space that you're bent toward. Because I follow God, because I'm a believer, I am bent towards gratitude. So it doesn't matter where they are. It doesn't matter what they did after they engaged with you. I'm saying they had an impact on your life, and there are people that need to hear. Thank you. I know you've been storing up your thank yous for a rainy day. <laughs> you know, when they really, truly need it. But inexpressed gratitude actually communicates ingratitude. Or inexpressed gratitude actually communicates ingratitude. So can I say something? Some of us have been married 10, 15 years, and we've never thanked her for that, or we never thanked him for this. And they thought you never saw it. <laughs> I was talking to my mother the last time she was here, and... Uh, I started to express to her how great I thought my, my childhood was. And it was interesting to hear um, her take on my childhood because she didn't think that we cared at all. She didn't think there was nothing good that came of it. And she said, you felt that way about your, your, your childhood? Yes. Did you see my friends? <laughs> Did you see what they grew up in? And I had to let her know how much I appreciated what she did. Oh gosh, y'all. She 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 would just make it, she would make sure that I experienced Christmas. Christmas was a big deal. She made sure I had food in my belly every single morning. Every morning, a home cooked meal, good biscuits, y'all. Child, good biscuits. I had to express that to her. I had to tell her the words because here's the thing: my actions were not enough. Tell you never say the words. Whether you write them or say them, say the words because they need to know. Listen, we've broken off relationships. You walked away from people because we felt that they didn't appreciate us. They need to know. Stand to your feet. 
Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.